I was having a really hard time one night. She's like, you know, you can call dad, my daughter. She's like, you can talk to dad. And that's the story that we wanted to make is knowing our kids know that when we walk into the same room, we're not going to yell at each other. We're going to still embrace each other with love and go through the motions of creating that blended family that we want. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband-in-Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself, then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband-in-Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. Today on the podcast, I am joined by Kaylin. I am so excited for you to be able to hear her story and to connect with her. She shares about her husband coming out to her a few years into their relationship. And I want you to, again, remember that all of these stories are different and that that's why we are sharing them is for you to understand that there's no one right way for your life to look. Whether you are going through a similar experience or not, it does not matter. There is no one way that this has to look or should look or needs to look. Your life is your own to create with it what you want and how you want it to look. And that is exactly what Kaylin and her ex-husband are doing now. I hope you enjoy today's episode. And here is Kaylin. Okay, my friends, I am so excited to have you meet Kaylin today. She has been in one of my coaching groups and she is here to share her story with us. And I am so happy. I was realizing over this last little bit that we hear a lot from the other side of things, of the partner who's come out and we hear from them. And I think often we haven't, as often, we don't hear the voices of the straight partner in the relationship. So I am so glad we have these women who are coming on to share. And thank you for being here. Oh, of course. I'm so happy to be here. It's kind of been a huge learning process in my whole I mean, I've only been like three years since I've found out and it's just kind of been a learning game every day. And it's been one thing that I'm willing to share because I know there's other women going through the same thing or other men in general. Yes. Yep. Other people are going through this for sure. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So tell us a little bit about the backstory with you and your ex's relationship. So we have always known each other. Um, We went to high school together. I was best friends with his little sister, grew up with his family. His family was like my second family. His mom was always in my life. He, we kind of went our, like we knew of each other in high school, but didn't really date, didn't do anything in high school. And so we ended up going to, I went to college. He went on an LDS mission and then he came home and we went to church together for the first time and I was like, Oh man, you know, like he's, he's really attractive. I don't really remember. And so I like hint, hint to his sister that I was like really good friends with. I was like, Hey, hook me up with your brother. Like he's, he's really cute. And, and so she's like, deal, I'll do that in a heartbeat. And so hooked us up and we went on a date and, you know, he instantly after added me on Snapchat, added me on Instagram, added me, everything. And he's like, you know, I want to go on a date again. And the rest is kind of history up until, you know, the story begins. He just, we started dating when I was pretty young. I was only 18 when we started dating. 
he actually proposed to me when I was 18. He proposed when I actually was almost 19. It was October and I turned 19 in November, but we got married when I was 19 in January of 2017. And then kind of just went on our way, just started, started the lovely ups and downs of marriage. And then he, about a year into our marriage, like I could kind of tell something was off. Um, But, you know, we just thought it was just typical marriage. You know, you have to work through the first few years of getting to know each other. And we had my daughter when about a year into our marriage. And then about a year later, um, that's when my ex told me. Mm -hmm. And she was about when she was about 18 months, just shy of 18 months. He just sat me down in the living room and, you know, he, eyes full of tears. Like, I just remember he was sobbing. He couldn't even get the words out. He sat in front of me. He's like, we need to talk. And of course, what he, that, those, we need to talk words. Um, My heart sank. And I was like, something's not right. I was like, we've both have felt like this awkward. Something hasn't been right for a while. I was like, something's, something's different. And he goes, I just need to tell you this. I, I'm, I'm sick of hiding this. And I was like, hiding what? Like, what's going on? And it was, it felt like eternity. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was just sitting there. And he finally, he finally got the courage. He's like, Kaelin, I'm gay. And I was like, you're what? And he, he's like, I'm gay. And he goes, but like, I don't want these feelings. He goes, I'm scared to have these feelings. He's like, I've always had these feelings. But he's like, I don't, I don't know how to get over it. He goes, you know, I've always been taught that I come home from my mission. I get married. I have a family. And he goes, and I, he looked at me and he goes, and I finally found a girl that made me feel different. He goes, I found a girl that, you know, I was like, I can, I can do this. I can. I can marry this girl. I can have kids with this girl. And I was like, okay, I don't, I don't know how you want me to react right now. Obviously the waterworks started, started Mm -hmm. flowing. And so I was like, well, I don't, I don't know what to say at this time and moment, but I said, but I need, I need to talk to somebody. I said, whether that be your sisters, whether that be my sister, I was like, I, I need to go somewhere and I need to talk and I need to figure out what you just told me. And he goes, all right, I understand. He goes, I would obviously prefer if you told my family. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. I'm like, that's fair. I was like, can I talk to your sister that I grew up with? But at this time it was two o'clock in the morning. I was like, there's no way anyone's answering. There's no absolute way. So I tried a sister, no answer. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I was like, I, I can't bottle this up. I've got, I have to talk to somebody. And so finally he's like, I'm okay with you talking to your sister. So that's why I did two o'clock in the morning. I called my sister, no answer. I called her again, no answer. I was like, okay, this is the one time I need you to pick up your dang phone. I was like, pick <laughs> up your phone. And she didn't answer so fine. I was like, I got to call my brother-in-law because I knew my brother-in-law always left his phone on ringer because of work. He's a manager. So he always had to be on call. And so I guess he like, I remember he's like, woke up and he's like, Kylie, why is your sister calling me at three o'clock in the morning? 
And so my sister's like, oh, I have no idea. So I told her, I was like, you need to come pick me up. And she's like, what is going on? So anyway, long story short, with that section, we drove around for like four hours mm. around our little small town, uh, just talking <laughs> and crying. And I went back home to Dylan and I just remember being hurt and feeling betrayed and feeling like I didn't deserve that. And I was trying to just see it both sides. I was trying to see like, what if I was in his shoes? What would I do? What if I was the one that was having these feelings of being attracted to other women? Like what, what would I do? And so we, we tried and tried. We had conversation after conversation. And I said, he goes, I want to make this work. And I said, if you can stay faithful to me, I was like, if you can promise to not step out on me, to still give me your all, to still love me. I said, I'm willing to try to make this work. I said, I want to make this work. And like, I already had one kid with you. Yeah. And I was like, I want, I want to make it work. And he's like, all right. And then it just became more exhausting than it was not. Yeah. Um, I remember with his job, he has a pretty dangerous job. And I just remember thinking every little time he went somewhere, I'm like, who are you talking to? Who are you meeting up with? And obviously that's not healthy in a marriage. And so I was just like, every time he was talking to somebody on the phone, I was like, who are you talking to? Which then led to our trust was being like, I didn't, I was trying to trust him and I did trust him. And I told him, I was like, I trust you. I just don't know if I trust other people in this world. I was like, this world is so crazy as it is. I'm like, I trust you. And, you know, we were, we were good for a while. It was like a year, year and a half. We were great. We had my son and we went through a lot of medical complex things with him together. And, you know, we, I would ask him several times. I'm like, how are you doing with the feelings that you're having of being gay? And he's like, oh, no, we're great. Like, I don't really ever think about it. Which I should have known deep down that it was a cover. He was trying to make me feel okay. And I was just like, okay, great. You know, it'll be, it'll be good. And then time went on and a couple, like a year later, He's just like, these feelings are way too hard, Kellen. He goes, he goes, I, I can't keep doing this to you. Yeah. I he's like, I can't keep doing this to you. You don't deserve this. And like we'd fought about little things, like I have anxiety with this job. It just all of it put together. He's just like, we can't keep putting each other through this. And I was just like, so what do we do? And I don't remember if it was one of his mom's coworkers. Um, that sent us a podcast about a gay LDS man. And so we decided as a married couple at the time that we would listen to that podcast separately. Mm. It's like, you go and listen to it. I will listen to it. We'll each get our intake, come back and decide what is going to be the best route for each other and our kids. And so he said, we're like, all right, fair. So he was at work one night. I decided to finally get the courage to listen to that podcast. And I was, I was terrified because I, I think I knew 
what it was eventually leading to. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I don't, I don't want to listen to it. I'm like, I just want to go to bed, pretend everything's happy and hunky dory. And I listened to it. He listened to it when he was like working out after work one time and he came home. He's like, I need to tell you something. It's like, there was a sentence that stood out to it and in, stood out to me in that podcast. And I was like, don't tell me that. I was like, there's literally one sentence that stood out to me too. Mm. And I was like, I was like, oh no. I was like, oh, here we go. And so I was like, what? And he goes, that sentence. And I still vividly remember it to this day. It says, there is a bigger plan for me in the planet salvation than there is Mm. in the closet. And I was just like, "Mm, that's what are the odds? I was like, literally, that's what stood out to me too. And then I feel like my whole mind shifted. I obviously, I'm very active in the church and I have full believings of the church. And I think of what my heavenly father would do for me. And that is show me genuine love. No matter what I was going through, no matter who I was or who I was attracted to. That's who he would treat me with is genuine love. <laughs> um, so that's when I personally made the decision as we both knew we were going to the route of divorce. We actually decided after that podcast that day that, you know, after nights and nights of tears, staying up till 4 a.m. talking about, is this really the best route? Is this what we need to do in our life? Is this what the kids need? Um, we decided that divorce was going to be the best option for us. So that's, we filed for divorce. We started selling our house. What I imagined my life was going to look like was flipped upside down. Mm-hmm. I imagined me growing old with him. I imagined us having more children together. But I didn't want that to stop me from having the life I wanted. So we, after we got it all finalized, um, got through the divorce process, the selling process, the all the fun custody arrangements, all of that. We hugged in our kitchen for the last time and our our best friends were there. I just remember thinking, is this really what's happening? Yeah. My best friend, I wouldn't have made it through without her. Like, I'll be bluntly honest. She would call me on a daily. She's like, have you eaten today? And I was like, no. No, I haven't. She's like, have your kids eaten today? I was like, oh, yes, they have. I was like, I have fed my kids. And she's like, well, have you even showered today? And I was like, (laughs) yes, actually. She goes, well, I will give you 20 minutes to eat. If you don't eat in 20 minutes, I will come. I will come talk to, I will come right over there and I will help you eat. (laughs) I was like, all right. So when we were hugging in the kitchen and she was there and her husband was there, that was really good friends with my ex-husband. I just remember having that scared feeling of, I'm going to be a single mom. Yeah. I 
Sorry. No apologies. I now, I now have to provide for the needs of myself, for the needs of my children, work full-time, be full-time mom. And I just remember thinking, how in the heck am I supposed to do this? How how am I supposed to go through this and be financially stable and be the best mom that I can be for my kids? And especially having one that was very medically complex mm-hmm. in and out of the hospital a lot. And I was just like, I don't know if I can do this. I was like, I don't. I don't know if this is fair. I was like, I'm I'm done. But that's when my ex comes back into play. I am a single mom, but I don't do it alone because we ultimately decided for the sake of our kids, for the sake of each other, we were going to be best friends. And we decided, you know, we're going to co-parent. We're going to, you know, make this the best absolute situation we could make it. And that's what we've done. We both kind of got a fresh start. We've both moved out of where we grew up and we lived 10 minutes away from each other. And I just remember, I think it was like six months to a year after our divorce, we were sitting in the hospital room with our son. He had some respiratory virus. And he's like, have you started dating yet? I'm like, okay, are we really going to have this discussion right now? (laughs) I was like, we were married and now you're asking me if I'm dating. He's like, have you even signed up for like dating apps or anything? And I was like, no, we are not. We are not having this conversation. And he's like, give me your phone. And I was like, I was like, I'm too scared to sign him up. He's like, exactly. Give me your phone. So this just explains like our relationship. He signed me up for dating apps that night, sitting in the hospital room with our son. And I was, he's just like, you deserve to be happy. He's like, just like you said, I deserve to be happy and to follow my dreams and to follow, you know, me being attracted to men. And um, he goes, you deserve to be happy. He goes, start dating. He goes, obviously, I'm not going to push you. He goes, but he goes, but I have to approve of this guy too. He goes, he's, and I was like, oh, here we go. And um, that's kind of where we're at right now. He's actually remarried. He has a husband. and But it's just weird to think that I couldn't ask for a better ex-husband's husband. Just because <laughs> he he's taken in my kids like they're his own. Yeah. He's learned everything about my son, how to feed him, how to breathe for him if he needs it how to you know he's taken the time to just simply be there for my kids Mm -hmm. and we hang out all the time and it's like I probably look like I'm married to both of them because we literally will like like even just barely we were at the hospital again with my son and all three of us were there and we kept getting the looks like what who is who like who's dad who's not dad Obviously, mom is very distinguishable who's mom, but um, we're just always together. And that's what we decided we wanted our family to look like. Our family's different, but it's still a family. And that's what we ultimately decided. And the other 
when our first anniversary came around after getting divorced, I was like, I don't want to look at this as a day that I hate. Yep. I was like, I, I, yeah. I don't. And so I was actually dropping off my kids to my ex that day. And I was like, I don't want to hate this day. And I was like, so instead of, and I asked him, I was like, how do you feel about, instead of our anniversary, can this be our family anniversary? Mm-hmm. And like, this is the day that we created a family. And he's like, done. So that's every year in January, the day we got married, it's, it's our family anniversary. It's the day that we started this, that we were able to get the two beautiful children that we have. And that's kind of just the way we've looked at it. And that's the way I've tried to look at it. And I know every situation is a little different about, but like, I'm just grateful that I was able to create this and every day is still a battle. Yeah. Every day is like, what emotions am I going to feel today about, you know, going to work or not going to work or, you know, there's only one of me and my kid, both my kids are screaming at my feet and I can't pass them off to somebody for five minutes to just breathe. And so, but I've, we've already witnessed like my daughter, I was having a really hard time one night. I was just crying and crying. And she's like, you know, you can call dad. Mm -hmm. She's like, dad, you can talk to dad. And that's what I wanted. And that's the story that we wanted to make is knowing our kids know that when we walk into the same room, we're not going to yell at each other. We're going to still embrace each other with love and go through the motions of creating that blended family that we want. And I don't know. That's just like a lot in a little nutshell of my story, (laughs) but we're still, we're still just learning every day on, you know, the different battles that you go through of co-parenting and being there for one another. But I remember there was one night I was just crying on the couch and that's the first person I wanted to call was my ex-husband because I knew he'd support me and I knew Mm -hmm. he'd just listen. And he was at my house and him and his partner both just embraced me in a hug and just let me cry and let me be mad and let me feel all the feelings of being a single mom mm-hmm. because it's it's not an easy task. And being a single mom, all those single moms, all those single dads out there, like are kudos to them all because I never thought I'd have to do this. And I never knew how much strength it took everywhere in every aspect of life. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you, first of all, for sharing all that. Of course. It's beautiful. And I know, like, I can feel those struggles that you've been through. And it is a continuing battle, as you said. It's not just like, oh, we're best friends and it's so easy all the time. There's so much intention that goes into these relationships. And that is what it comes down to. I think a lot of the time is putting this intention out there. This is what I want. This is what we want. And so we're willing to have these hard conversations and we're willing to have these uncomfortable moments of disagreement and also hearing the other person and owning our own crap and what we've done. And I've watched you um, do those things throughout. I mean, through the last six months that we've been working together and just, you know, seeing 
those things that you're doing and the courage you've had to continue forward. And it is hard. It's a continual grieving and mourning process, but it gets easier and lighter as we go. Yeah. And that's what I've noticed too. I literally, I remember thinking the first day that we decided for divorce, I'm like, I'm never going to get over this. Mm -hmm. And now I kind of had to shift my mindset of like, I can come home from work. And if I want to clean the kitchen, I can. If I don't, I don't. Or like, I can watch my own show. And things like that of, you know, I just, I can just relax and be, be me and focus on me. And that's, I've told myself right now, I need to learn to love myself before I can love someone else again. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so often when we go through divorce, it really is an opportunity to get to know ourselves again and connect back to ourselves and being like, oh, these are the things I like that I may have forgotten about, like little things and big things. And this is the groove I like. And I think that if we can take that opportunity to know ourselves and love ourselves again post-divorce, it shifts how we show up to our next relationship in a very beautiful, powerful way. So. Kudos to you. One of the things you said, um, I wrote down a few things while you're talking, but perfect. You said something about giving up the life you had envisioned for the life you want. And that's so powerful because we get so set on thinking that the life we envision is the life we want, that it has to be this one way. Otherwise, it's not what we want. But you had that clarity and that time to understand that really what you want is the feelings in that relationship that you want. And you want to have the connection and those types of things in the relationship. And I'm a little bit putting words in your mouth there, but but there's like things that we you want. And I'm not just saying you, like we in general, that we want mm-hmm. whatever it is that's unique for each of us, that that relationship can't give us. And you were willing to recognize that and see that. And that's huge that you can have that in a different way, even if it's not the way you envisioned. Yeah. And I had, I always had to tell myself too, my kids need me to show up. My, my kids need me to be strong. And that's when I, that's when I feel like my mindset really shifted of, is playing pretend in a marriage really going to teach our kids what we need to teach them in life? Is that Um, really strength? Yeah, exactly. I was like, I want them to look at their mom and dad and be like, they went through something so hard to give us what they knew we needed. Mm -hmm. And, but even, even to this day, like we, I remember right before we divorced, my ex-husband said, I will always love you. Hmm. He goes, obviously, my love is just a little different now. Yep. He goes, but with that being said, you will always be loved by me. You are the mother of my children. I, he goes, I wish I didn't have to do that to you. And I wish I wouldn't have done that to you. He goes, but I'm grateful that you're the mother to my children. Hmm. And so I think in general, just having support system, not even from an ex, but just from family has been the biggest thing. Like my, 
my parents have been there through thick and thin for me. And his parents have even reached out to me so many times of, you'll still be our daughter. You'll still, and I remember his mom, right as she hugged me and just was crying. And she's like, when you get remarried, if you do not bring your new husband over, she goes, I will be so upset. She goes, your new husband will be just like my son, just like you're my daughter. And so that's kind of, we just had, like I said, we just had to make our family look a little different. Yeah. But what has worked for us has worked for us. This is one of the beautiful things I'm so excited about and having people come on and share their stories is that while it's, oh, my Zoom is doing weird things. <laughs> anyway, <Fireworks>. yeah, because <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, but seriously, I am excited about having people come on because while so many of us share this similar story, like the basis of it is the same we have all had unique ways of going about this and unique timelines and unique, like it's just different for each of us, even though it's a similar feel. And um, one of the things that is similar amongst many of the people that I talk to, and this isn't always the case, but is there's a desire to continue forward in love and respect and support for each other, which also requires us healing separately on some levels, you know, like there can still be moments of crying and holding space for the fact of knowing that this is because of the other person, but also it wasn't intentional. And like, there's all of these Mm -hmm. things that compound that, but it's just, I love seeing and hearing stories of just the unique situations so that people know they get to create their own unique situation within this. They get to decide what works Mm -hmm. for them and figure that out along the way. So thank you for sharing your story with us today. Of course, I'm happy to. Yeah. And thanks for being a part of the Unicorn Coaching Group because I've enjoyed getting to know you. (laughs) Always, always. All right. Well, thank you so much and we will see you soon. Perfect. Sounds good. Okay, my friend, uh, if you are similar to Kaylin and are looking to know yourself again after betrayal, if you are learning how to trust yourself, how to trust other people, if you feel like your world has been rocked and you don't know what it looks like to trust people or to trust yourself, and you may be looking for support that you don't have or people who just understand and get it, then I invite you to come sign up for the free workshop that we have happening in February. Not only will you learn three ways to begin to trust yourself after betrayal, after having a partner come out, not only will you learn how to start healing those wounds, but also you will find a community of individuals who have been through similar things. And also, I will let you know how you can get real support on an ongoing basis so that you can move through this process in a way that feels good to you. It's one thing to find people. It's another thing to put intention behind your healing. We say time heals all wounds, and I do not believe that. I believe that time with intention behind it heals all wounds. It's just like knowledge is power, but unless we apply that knowledge, it does nothing for us. 
So it is the same thing. We need to be intentional with how we go about this to be able to heal, to be able to process. So if you are looking for that support, please join us. The link is in our show notes. I'm not sure if it's still on waitlist status or if the official link is there, but you can go check that out now and click that link and get your name on the list. I am sending you love. I hope you have a fabulous week and we'll see you back here next week for another episode of Husband in Law. 